0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the national championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
2: A lot of action on the McClarty uh, daniel text line uh, as we went into that commercial break. Uh, and that that would be a little reverse psychology playing this song coming into the segment. I mean, there is people. Here is one of the great things about this. Well, um, they're still falling in love somewhere in this state. In well, the, in the midst of all of this. must would only be too short
0: of sainthood if this team made the postseason. So that would definitely go down as one.
2: Uh, JT turned the game off with twelve minutes left in the first half. Lu- that is it. lucky. <laughs> See, you get the uh, you get the luxury of uh, deciding what you are going to do with your time. I guess I kind of had the same idea yesterday, but I just fell asleep. I let myself fell asleep. I got tired during the AM game, but I stood up. I walked around. I jumped around a little bit. I threw a ball off the wall. You know, I rubbed my neck. I did everything I could, save, save of having coffee, because if that happens, I'm never going to sleep. So I did what I could to stay awake. Last night, I was... I gave into it. You know, it makes me wonder.
0: We lose a guy like Darian Ford, an in-state guy. Uh, you know, you got to – I still think in the – He basket, also
2: plays tough.
0: Th- that's what I mean. You lost him. That's a guy that I, I don't know why why we let him go. I think he would. he's a locker room guy, good dude. And I think he he's only going to get better. Um, but he, he does. He, him and Blocker on the floor together would be nice to see. There's two guys that can play tough and, and, and seem like pass the ball, know how to play offense, defense.
2: Jackson Robinson seems to know how to play offense at BYU, but you know, in this case, really, I mean, hindsight can be twenty twenty in this case. Buyer's
0: remorse. Yeah. In who? In Coach Mus. No. He doesn't have buyer's remorse on this, these players. Oh, he on this, I thought
2: you meant on 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 Coach Mus. No, not on him. On no, the not, he's got right I'm now. No, I'm not
0: blaming. Co- I'm saying the, the guys he went out and paid money for. Yeah. We 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 overspent or we
2: we misevaluated. There's nothing he can do about it except coach them right now. That's it. That's and and plan ahead for whatever's going to happen in March. (sighs) For the team specifically, what are you going to do? You know the conversations that have. There's there's a conversation that's had with Darian Ford. You know what? It's going to be a little difficult for you to crack the starting lineup with the guys that we have coming in in this year.
0: They're not better than him. I don't even know what he's doing right now and where he's at. But he's 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 at Arkansas State and he's doing well. That's what I mean. From what I'm seeing right here and from what you're going to see out of Ford the next couple years, that's that's an L too.
2: Uh, Matt in Springdale wants to know, how did we get game day? Well, I I, I think I figured it out the other day. You know, they'd already planned on being, game day is in Baton Rouge tonight. They're doing women's basketball tonight, and it is, I mean, it's a massive one. It's South Carolina against LSU. It's the overall number one team this year, the Gamecocks, undefeated against the reigning national champions, and these teams do not like each other. And South Carolina's totally rebuilt. I mean, they basically just took the reserves from last year, and that's this year's starting five. And LSU, they made some changes in the portal, and they're nearly as good as they were last year. That's where game day is today. Now, there were some big 12 games, I think, that game day could have chosen in Norman and Houston if they wanted to go in that direction for Saturday. They chose Fayetteville. I, I guess Jay Williams was... I guess he's got an outsized pull as to uh, if they ask him, where do you want to do game day? And he says, I want to do it in Fayetteville because of this and that. And they have the incredible atmosphere of the Duke game, which is going to be in some viewers' minds when they do turn game day on on Saturday morning. And now it's like a completely different thing, totally different. But for me, it felt geographic when I think about it. When I look at where game day is today and that Baton Rouge and Fayetteville really aren't that far off. I understand it's a billion-dollar company that can fly their people wherever they want to go. They're going straight from Baton Rouge to Fayetteville. That had to factor into it. Otherwise, why are you highlighting Arkansas basketball this year right now? They want us to be embarrassed. Should have done it a year ago.
0: Well, Bud Walton's atmosphere is, is first class. That, that's for sure. And I think that Duke game had something to do with it. I I, I know they do have some type of flex scheduling and, and when they announce things, but I do think the um, – you know the lore of Bud Walton Arena, that that atmosphere. I I think they'll be rocking. I mean, the the, the fans just show up. Now they'll they'll give you something early, and uh, and maybe that maybe this team needs something like that. You know, the Oklahoma City's a, a couple a couple hours away. I'm sure there's scouts there to check out some Kentucky players. So maybe maybe some of our guys that try to play good.
2: Your message is hidden in some of the things we say sometimes. Um. Also, uh, look, I mean, they're they're highlighting Kentucky. You're right. They're highlighting Kentucky because that's what you're going to do. You're going to try to highlight a crowd that probably will fill the arena because you had... Look, the people that have the tickets for Arkansas-Kentucky basketball, this this is the toughest ticket in all of Arkansas athletics. I mean, this is a tougher ticket than any football game. It's probably a tougher ticket than any baseball game. I mean, I think you get LSU coming in this year. That'll be tough. There are more seats at Bud Walton and there's more interest in basketball. So I would say that this game Saturday... When it was announced and the tickets went on sale, that's the toughest ticket in all of, of Arkansas athletics. So if you have tickets, <laughs> it's like when, when we promote baseball, you promote any of the games that are sold out. On the, on, the, on the Razorback commercials, it always says, if you have tickets, make sure they're being used. And you laugh at it a little bit. Well, that, that really means something this weekend. They'll show up. Here's my question too, though, Matt. The idea of, well, they have to give a great effort in front of this kind of a crowd with all of that buildup from game day and you're on ESPN, who are they going to be? They being Razorback basketball players. Who's actually going to be on the court? Devo doesn't play very much right now, or at least he didn't in, in a second half where he was one of the healthy guys. Mark, I mean, these these, these a, migraines it. don't just automatically go away. No, right. You hope, that he, you hope with he's Brazil, healthy and Brazil he the knee, play. I mean, this just
0: happened. Well, and, and Coach Musk, it's kind of an NBA thing. Um, and, and, and some coaches, they'll do it. But when you're down, when the starters go in there and they don't produce and you're down 17, well, then you can come sit by me. I'll let somebody, I gave you a shot. I gave you, you had first chance. And that's that's what you do for me. You can come over here. It's, you know, I'm the one that gave you the scholarship. It's my fault. Come over here and sit by me.
2: <laughs> that's somebody that, look, when Mus was a coach in the NBA or the CBA or the G League previously, when you had these kind of injuries or you had guys that weren't performing well, you could just cut them, or 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 bring on a free agent. I mean, look, you you've got who is the team? Is it the Lions that is that are signing Zach Ertz? He hasn't played a game for them this year. It, you, I know it's football. This is a different thing. They're signing a free agent tight end who's good because he's cut by Arizona, and they they'll use him this weekend against the Forty ers I mean don't ever tell me college sports are the same as professional sports <laughs> because you can't go get anybody right Dowling, now.
0: Dalvin Cook, too, with Baltimore. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, you can sign a baseball player a month and a half ahead of the postseason and still have them on your no, roster. No, you
0: got to dance with the girl that brought you, and, and these were the players we got, and... Uh... Hopefully, hopefully, this, you know, we'll have a lot of time because the season will be over early. It, it'll be over real early. And uh, you'll be able to go evaluate and, and go check it out and, and try to get some players in
2: here that can play. Scott asks on the text line let's say a miracle happens, Arkansas wins. Do you storm the floor? I'm not ready to go there yet. <laughs> yes, they would. It stormed the court when, when Arkansas was ranked and good beating Duke. It stormed the court when they were ranked and good beating Auburn and Kentucky. So if there's somehow a way that they pull off a miracle, Saturday, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think they will storm the court in that case. Uh, McClarty Daniel Hotline open right now eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. Jr. is here. Hi, Jr. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Great. Thanks. Good. Don't don't you miss the don't you miss the years of going out and recruiting five freshmen from
3: high school and bringing them in and. Develop them and and making a team where everybody plays together
2: and everybody knows what the other one's doing. Well, um, that's in the best of times too. I mean, keep keep in mind, we, yeah, you, you may miss on some of those freshmen and your program may get set back because of that. There is another side to that,
3: right? But I mean, this, this is the days that we're going to, have to get used to this, and I mean, I mean, that's just till you know, something happens with with the 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 uh, out of control NIL and and the uh, transfer portal. I mean, this is just, I mean. The coaches are doing the best they can with what they think is gonna make the ticket. But I mean the kids are not gonna to play together. I mean they're just not gonna to play together.
0: So- you know, Arkansas produces enough talent as well. If if you just keep your, your Arkansas basketball talent in state and, and you can and you can pluck the right guys out, there's there's Arkansas guys littered in the NBA with talent. You go you go get some guys, I, I don't know if we recruit the state hard enough even.
2: Well, I mean, there's even the idea that some of those guys may end up going other programs, too. I mean, Darian Ford from Magnolia, and he's playing at Arkansas State now. There's other instances of the same thing. Football the same way, too, you know? Yes, you, I mean, you look at Arkansas as a certain thing when you're from the state, but if it's not the experience that you wanted for that year or two, they'll still leave. Uh, yeah, storm the court if they win. Arkansas, is, last time we looked, what were they, a six-and-a-half-point underdog? to Ole Miss on the road. Gonna be a they're gonna be I you gonna be a home underdog against Kentucky and it's you probably think, gonna be a pretty heavy heavy underdog. Do you
0: think COVID could come back and they could cancel the season? <laughs> and we could just move on. Because, Please no. Because, maybe just like a, a six-week COVID deal, where
2: where it just comes and then goes away just y- like
0: that. Yeah, just and then we're back in baseball season. But but something where we can just where we don't have to watch this madness anymore. <laughs>
2: uh, this is an interesting idea. There was a movie built around the idea of this too, like Close Encounters. That wasn't a, that wasn't an illness though. They had to come up with an illness to chase everybody away from the Big Butte. But I like I, you know here's part of the issue of this, like. JT turned the game off with 12 minutes left. I fell asleep on the couch with eight minutes left. I'm gonna watch every game that I possibly can unless I'm in the air or I'm on the air with a baseball team. Um, you gotta watch because you're doing you're doing hog hog reaction quite a bit getting your post game eulogy ready to go.
0: It's um uh, man, you know it's hard to watch bad basketball. you you like to watch people compete and this is not Arkansas Razorback. whatever this is, this is not what you're used
2: to. Well, we started the segment with the idea that love is in the air. Maybe not in Arkansas basketball, but with the Los Angeles Chargers, there certainly seems to be something in the air. Jim Harbaugh. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,
1: Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody case, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479 434 2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better.
2: Afternoon, Bob. Saw you on the Zoom this morning. Dave Van Horn was on the Zoom at ten o'clock. It's fun talking about baseball right now, isn't it? Because it ain't but not much fun talking about basketball.
3: Yeah, I think everybody's ready for baseball. Uh, they're, they're starting practice. Uh, the first uh, game in for a little while, but yeah, I think I think people are always excited for Razorback baseball because it's such a good program, and obviously Dave's you know an established coach and is really you know built on Norm DeBrian's legacy, but. When basketball is going like it is, which it hadn't been like this in a while, um, I think people get even more excited about baseball.
2: I think they were kicking around in the morning rush a little bit this morning about the idea of added pressure to the baseball team because of the lack of success for football and and men's basketball right now. Now, I don't I don't think that anybody in that building feels that exact pressure. I think they feel their own pressure of being an Arkansas baseball coach or being an Arkansas baseball player specifically. Uh, Not necessarily in the context of success for the athletic department as a whole. I mean, they kind of stand apart a little bit. They're, They're set away from campus just a little bit. You know, they've got the longest tenured coach. Baseball stands apart a little bit different. I don't think the pressure has anything to do with football and basketball's lack of success.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think from the fans' standpoint, um, like I said, they get even more excited for it. But yeah, there's plenty of pressure being playing for Arkansas and coaching with Arkansas baseball because the expectations are so high. Basically, the season starts off with the expectations of being in Omaha. And, you know, they've made it a lot of years under Dave, and some years they don't make it because only eight teams get to go. It's kind of like there's pressure in North Carolina basketball to get to a Final Four, and they go a lot, but they don't always go. And last year, they didn't go to the tournament, but um, yeah, Arkansas is an elite program, top-ten program. They're, I've seen them in the polls. They're the top two or three in most of the polls, even though they, they lost a lot of great players in the draft. And, um, you know, they, they just reload. And um, um, so, yeah, the, I think there's plenty of pressure just because that program has been so elite and the expectations are high, but obviously nobody's uh, – Expecting more than Dave Van Horn and his staff and those players.
0: Hey Bob, with this basketball team, do you see do you see any hope? Do you see a a blow up? Do you see them letting go of the rope? Do you? I mean, what 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 do you think? How how do you see the rest of this get this season going?
3: Man, I don't know. Not well. (laughs) This would be the short answer. I will say this: Um, you know, Kentucky's coming in, and Kentucky's going to be probably in a pretty bad mood because they got you know beaten up pretty good by by South Carolina. So if you can't get excited about Kentucky coming into your building, I don't care, you know, what your record is. If you can't get excited to play Kentucky, then I think there's no hope for you as a team. And let's face it, you know, for many, many years, Arkansas was the team, along with Kentucky, that would go around the SEC and draw the biggest crowds, and teams would would play harder against them. And that's actually a compliment. And that, that's been the case the last three years with Eric Musselman. I mean, you know, Arkansas was ranked and, <laughs> excuse me, had high expectations and was coming off the of lead eights and all that. And so they got everybody's best shot. And I think, you know, Arkansas gave both teams their best shot, too. They had some letdowns here and there. But so if Arkansas can't give Kentucky their best shot, and I don't know if that's going to be anywhere close to having a shot to win the game, but, you know, this is the same team to beat Duke, and you know we don't know Tremont Mark. Obviously, not having him last night hurt, but I don't think Arkansas would have won if Tremont Mark had played. Could be wrong, and, and then Brazil wasn't able to play in the second half. Let's face it; he's he's been struggling. I think that's fair to say. No knock on him; it's just the fact. And um, so, whatever Arkansas has, if they can't muster their best shot against Kentucky with ESPN here and Game Day here. Then I have, to, I have to question the player's motivation, pride, you know, heart, whatever, soul, <laughs> whatever, liver, you know, kidney, whatever's part of their body, because, um, yeah, this season is going down the toilet, and um, there's still games left, and you got to play them, I think. I think contractors are obligated to play these games uh, in the SEC, and so um, you can either just. You know, throw in the towel and get embarrassed every night, or you can, you know, show some pride and go out there, especially against a team like Kentucky. I mean, uh, look what's in South Carolina, obviously, is better than Arkansas because they came to this build, building and beat them pretty soundly. We're up by 19. But, you know, Arkansas, these guys are college players. They're getting NIL money. They're on scholarship. So, um, unless they just want to literally quit the team, um, go out there and play your butts off. And if you can't do it against Kentucky, then. I just, there's no hope in my, in my mind.
2: Well, and the hope is that, you know, if things don't turn around, that this is just a one-off sort of a season mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in a sea of success, which you've had for the last four years under Muss. And I mean, you remember that 2016 baseball season, they'd gone to Omaha the year before in 2016, you know, they didn't get, they didn't have Andrew Benintendi any longer because he'd gotten drafted. They hadn't realized that he was going to be eligible for the draft. That left a big hole in the lineup. A lot of young players there. And it was a really bad baseball season. That's the only year Arkansas missed the baseball tournament, the NCAA baseball tournament, since Dave's been the coach. The next year, finished second in the division. You know, they hosted a regional. They finished runner-up two years after they didn't even make it to Hoover. So there's an example of, of a program that that has had a high level of success had a little blip on the radar for one year and that's all it was a blip on the radar um i guess part of the thing you worry about is when you rely on the portal so much and they're going to have to rely on the portal next year you just don't have big enough of a class this year and it's going to have to get rid of a lot of the guys that are on this year's team um the the you know it's like you're going into this season like all right well he's he's a wizard of the portal you just have to hope that the wizard hat, you know, comes up smelling roses this time.
3: Well, yeah, I thought about that baseball season. I think it was the 2016 season. That's hard to believe it was that long ago. And that was really uncharacteristic. And if I recall, that team started off pretty well. I think they they went to Houston and, and, and beat some really good teams. And there was a lot of optimism. And then the SEC came along and everything just went, you know, bad. And they lost a lot of close games. One thing about this basketball team right now, they're not losing close games. They're getting their, you know, doors blown off. And you wonder what would have happened if Tremont Mark, you know, bless his heart, hadn't hit that 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 runner with one point one second left, uh, you know. And then the other games in the conference, they've lost. I think I ended up right an average of twenty point six points. The closest loss has been by ten to Georgia. And here's the thing. South Carolina's much improved. Georgia's much improved. Florida's better. Ole Miss is much improved. Chris Beard's a hell of a coach. But Arkansas have got to play Kentucky twice. they got to play Tennessee. they got to go to Alabama. Uh, the good news is they get to play Missouri twice. They get to play Vanderbilt. And, and there you know some winnable games still, but they really haven't, on paper, played the toughest part of their schedule yet. And so, you know, to me, that, You just look at it and you say, man, where are the wins going to come? There's a few out there, but at this point, you know, five, six SEC wins, you know, to me that would probably be the ceiling. I I could be wrong. Maybe they will get on a roll, but just the way they're playing, you know, they're not competitive and they don't really do anything well. I mean, think about it. Do they shoot well? No. Do they guard well? No. Do they pass the ball, share the ball very well? No. Do they rebound well? No. I mean, what 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 are these? Are they able to get fast break going? No. Are they able to force turnovers to lead easy points? No. I just don't see anything they do very well. Shoot free
0: throws, okay.
3: Okay, but you know they were tenth in the league, though. No, I know,
0: know, Bob. I know, I know. I was just uh, it's uh, it's (laughs) you're right, you're right.
3: Yeah, and well, but you're right too because it's over seventy percent, which is pretty good, and maybe you know there's not much difference. And they're getting blown out anyway, so if they hit five more free throws of the game it mm-hmm. so was by twenty one <laughs> by twenty six. So yeah, you know, they're not a they, I'll say this, they're not a bad three free throw shooting team. That's been one of their things they do better, you know. I mean they're only tenth in that instead of thirteenth or fourteenth or whatever. They're looking for optimism, I guess. But yeah, I just um and I think they're good individual players. Like if other teams could draft off this roster, I think they're players that would be in demand. But the the sum just isn't working. I mean, the, the, the pieces don't fit together. And But Eric Musselman, this is the ninth year, his first day, were pretty good. He took over a Nevada program that's had success historically but had been down for about 10 years and he got them going. And the portal was a big part of that. And he came here and his first team was very small but they really uh, had some good perimeter guys. They guarded the three-point line and, we don't know if they would have won enough games in national to make the the uh, the NCAA tournament, but they were right there, you know, competing for a spot. And obviously, the last three years, two Elite Eights and Sweet Sixteen. But Eric brought up this point last night. They had four guys on this roster last year who have played NBA games this year, and you know, uh, Anthony Black, first round pick, Nick Smith, first round pick, Jordan Walsh, early second round pick, and Ricky Council, free agent. He's played for the Sixers. And those other guys are all. You know, Anthony Black's playing a lot. Nick Smith's playing, I think, a fair amount now. And Jordan Walsh has gotten some time with the Celtics. So, do we see NBA players on this roster? I know Trevin Brazil was uh, projected as, as a pretty high pick, and maybe still will be picked based on, you know, being 6'10 and athletic. But certainly he's not playing like a first round pick. But, you know, the NBA, they, they draft guys on potential. So, Trevin's obviously, you know, he had 19 points 11 rebounds against Duke. You know, Artie he's that guy. But you no, know, and he hasn't been terrible, I mean he's got an average 9.6 rebounds solid numbers, but they need a lot more from him, and they need a lot more from other guys too, and it'd be great if Permont Park could to get healthy I, I'm fortunate, I never had migraine headaches, but I know people that have had them and they're very debilitating and I saw people making jokes on Twitter about, oh no wonder this team gives everybody a headache, and I, get, I get what they're saying, but really I don't think migraine headaches are anything to joke about, so I hope Uh, you know, everything will get better for him because I'm sure that's really tough, you know, not be able to play and it must be very painful, I can only imagine.
0: Yeah, I I wish him the best as well. Bob, last weekend and this weekend are two of my favorite in sports. Uh, You got the NFL championship games. Uh, Are you going to be watching and give me your thoughts on who who do you think the two teams that will be playing for the Super Bowl after this weekend clears?
3: I'll be watching, but it makes me physically ill. The Packers blew that game, to the 49ers. That was they did. The they they
0: play, so, They kind of beat themselves, didn't they? They had a chance if they... Oh,
3: they, yeah. oh, oh yeah. Anders Carlson. Eh. And then, you know, three times in the red zone in the first half and six points. So, it, Dre Greenlaw, man, the former Razorback from stand Ohio. Standout. You got to give props to Dre. And, you know, I'm happy for him, but no offense. I hate the 49ers. <laughs> but anyway, as far as the games, I guess... Uh, I think the Lions are going to win. I think that's... Uh, you know, they just seem like they're playing. I don't think the Forty ers played very well. And the Packers should have beaten them, frankly. I think that the Lions are playing better. I just think they're they're in a good groove. I know they got to go out to Santa Clara, but I, I like the Lions. Maybe I'm looking at that because guys like Frank Ragnow and Dan Skipper. But of course, Greenlaw's playing for the Niners, and and, and um, um, uh, Brian Allen's on, on their roster as well. I think he was enacted last week, but um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a Lions-Ravens Super Bowl, but. I I was zero for three on the college football playoffs, so take that with a grain of
0: salt.
2: Why not? It, you know,
0: hey, if Debo Samuel can't go, I, I like the Lions as well. I think De, Christian McCaffrey and Debo are are the San Franciscos. They make them tick, and Debo is out against the Packers. You you and that that their offense is not the same without Debo. Yeah, another reason we should
3: have won that game makes me like I say, just, uh, it's, I, I hate the the Packers. The Packers should have won that game, but you know we beat ourselves is so the most deal um, for the Packers hey, you, much you did though. just
0: enough though to keep Mike McCarthy there at Dallas you gotta like that you can you can still beat Dallas next year <laughs>
2: oh, 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 hopefully hopefully You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniel's Crown Salted Caramel, winter seasonal beers, eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Looks like the Associated Press has unveiled the finalists for the MVP and Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year Awards for the NFL. Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott, finalists for both awards. And then Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, our finalists for MVP. Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb are the other two finalists for Offensive Player of the Year. Going to be Lamar Jackson, I would think, in in both cases, it was, maybe McCaffrey.
0: I thought it was Tyreek Hill to about week 14, week 13. What he was doing was unreal, and then he he, he got hurt. I, I, I think Christian McCaffrey is the most valuable player on that San Francisco offense. No, no question about it. Uh, Lamar Jackson, best player on the best team. That's kind of best offensive player on the best team. So I have a defense to play I have, with. That's what I'm saying. I have no problem. I think if Christian McCaffrey or Lamar Jackson, I think that's your guys. That uh, Tyree Kill, man, I thought he had it. Um, and then he kind of faded. He, he was hurt. You know, he didn't
2: play the last couple if of games. If you have a vote, and do do you look at the team's defense, you know, with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens and say, well, I can't vote for him because his defense is so dominating. I I would have a real difficult time looking at it that way. Because without Lamar Jackson, that defense is great, but you still got to score enough points. It's not enough. Tyler I, Huntley is not enough.
0: Yeah, I like seeing uh, football in the playoffs, these quarterbacks, uh, you know, Josh Allen at Buffalo, uh, not not as much as Mahomes. He, he's not as fast as Allen and and, uh, and Jackson. He, he does scramble and keep his eyes downfield. He, he can. He's capable of, of taking off and getting a 17-yard run. But Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, they can get out of the pocket. You go in two-man. And you take a wrong angle, they, they can break one off for 50.
2: I'd figure Purdy and McCaffrey might split the votes a little bit as far as Purdy's. Know, the Purdy's.
0: Niners. He's Zach Morris and Saved by the Bell. He's trash. Purdy's not winning the MVP. He's. He is not. He's not even close. He's the fourth best quarterback left in the playoffs. If you're voting for Purdy to win the MVP, you should. Ha- you should have your vote taken. Taken away.
2: What do you have against Mark Paul Gosler here? What's wrong? No, with it's a, Zach it's, it's
0: it's the joke, but it's AC Slater. He's like Morris is trash. You know, I would love Saved by the Bell. Absolutely, you would take
2: Slater any day, wouldn't you?
0: AC, absolutely, you would be Slater. Absolutely charming. No, I can't wear the. I'm not the Pat McAfee. I'm not the. I don't wear the tank top. You do
2: not do the tank top. I'm not thing. a tank top guy. So you're never. You're not the guy who's going to show a lot of skin.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I would love to hear your Yinzer accent.
0: I might be more of a Lisa Turtle.
2: Are you a Kelly Kapowski? Kelly Kelly Kapowski. Jesse, Jesse years old.
0: Jesse Span. All of them are 50 now, uh, except for Screech. He he passed on. Uh, but the, the movie Made, when he, he walks in and he's like, hey, man, you've been working out?
2: And then he won't let Vince Vaughn in. He's like, you let Screech in? <laughs> that's one of those moments when, when, when Kelly Kapowski turns 50. You're like, all right, I'm old now. I'm definitely old now. I felt the same way yesterday when I realized that uh, we have two guys that have been elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame that I'm older than. And that's the first time that's happened. Joe Maurer is 40. And uh, Helton's 50 Adrian Beltry is 45, so I think I'm a couple of years older than Beltry Like, there's this. We all we we go through this all because there's a, there. I mean, when you first a sports fan, every athlete, even the college athletes. Like I remember meeting Charles Smith when he played for Pitt. You remember Charles Smith? He was like six six ten. He was a power forward yes, for the Knicks. Played for the Knicks. First yeah, absolutely. He was okay. I he remember. He yeah. wasn't a great NBA player, but he was okay. He was really good at Pitt. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to to meet him when I was like 10. I was like. First of all, he's six foot ten. He's the tallest person I've ever he's seen in my life. At that point, yeah. yeah, he was a college athlete that I watched on television. It's like, wow, this is somebody. And then you, re- you get a little older. You start to be older than the college athletes. When I first started doing baseball on the radio, I was the same age as the players. And then I remember, it hit me the first time when I saw when I when I was working for a team that had a player who was born in nineteen ninety. They were like, all right, I guess I'm getting a little bit old. But at that point, I'm like 34, 35 get into college, athletics, and everybody's younger than you. I'm even older than some of the coaches that I work with every once in a while. Now we have Hall of Famers that are younger than me.
0: Yeah, no, I felt old when, um, well, when, when C-Unit said he, he hasn't really watched any DVDs, but I felt old when Anthony Blacks was born after the year 2000. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man,
2: that's the next one. Yeah. That's you're the like next kids,
0: kids that were born after the year 2000, and you're just like, wow. I, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting up
3: there.
2: People that have no idea of the excitement that we all felt on December 31st, 1999, wondering if that little computer fix you paid $100 for really was worth it. Could you have the
0: movie Office Space without that either? You know,
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah,
0: I fixed the glitch in the system.
2: Oh, gosh. 22 days before baseball season starts. We've had a ton of texts come in, even here on, on our McLarty Daniel hotline, 877-377-6963. I get it on my Twitter now. We get it on the text line. Bases loaded baseball podcast. will start the first week of baseball season. You start that. The first game is James Madison, February 16th, Now, this will be a little different to record because we've got a women's basketball game in Knoxville Monday the 12th. I'll actually be watching the Super Bowl, I I think, with the coaching staff uh, in Knoxville the night before. Play at 6 o'clock in Knoxville Monday. Bubba and I usually record Mondays. I don't think we will this time. (laughs) So maybe we'll be able to get that first Bases Loaded podcast out either Tuesday, February 13th, or it would work perfectly if it came out on Valentine's Day what i love about college baseball i would love if the season actually started later than it does but if you got to start it in february week of va- valentine's day fits perfectly for me
0: there's an english midfielder that plays for tottenham and uh names james madison and he just got back
2: from injury he's 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 a stud Is he good oh
0: my goodness Do I have
2: to be nervous about this four game series
0: yeah yeah if he shows up i'd, I'd you'd be in trouble he's uh you yeah, oh, know james madison he's a he's an og he'd be america's best ever player probably ever
2: on the Zoom this morning, Dave did say that, I mean, you get this four-game series, it's a weekend wraparound, Friday through Monday. You very well could, depending on what the weather looks like that weekend, open up with a Friday doubleheader. Now, wouldn't that be fun? See, you, know, you, you probably if they like, program the radio station properly for a doubleheader. Wouldn't it be great to start the season with something like that? Oh, boy. That would be fun. Yeah, be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, Other things that Dave brought up in this Zoom this morning. Uh, Jason Jones needs to step into a role. Left field is a position that's up for grabs right now. Kendall Diggs will be the right fielder. I think now they haven't settled on a center fielder necessarily, but it looks like Ty Wilmsmeyer. Dave has said he's the best outfielder defensively, so that means he's going to be the center fielder. If there's one spot in the lineup that doesn't hit, but you can field, catcher's one of them shortstop every once in a while is okay to do that now. Center fielder can do it too. That might be that one position where you get somebody that struggles to hit. The wilms has been a three hundred hitter at Mizzou, so I think he can hit here. Left field's a different story. I think they'd like Jason Jones to step in there. Edmondson, who's a, a guy out of Juco Ball, had a big bat in junior college. I think the two of them will be going toe-to-toe for left field. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jason Jones, look at me, this is somebody that, was high on a lot of scouts draft lists um, when he was a high school senior. He put on a lot of weight that senior year and, and ended up coming to campus overweight. Um, and, you know, I think his bat was a little bit slower. He was a little bit slower than was expected. He lost all of that. I mean, he looks he looks ripped and ready to go. And he's a, he's a guy that can give you power. I think he can run a lot faster than you'd expect for somebody of his size. They've been kind of searching for a position for him, a little infield. I'm not sure if he's much of an infielder. Left field might be the spot for him. So that is somebody that could step. Well, he's got to compete for playing time first, but that bat, I think, can play at that position. And that's a sophomore that, you know, he he didn't really do very much as a freshman, but he's got that opportunity, I think, as a sophomore to really take the bull by the horn.
0: And it's so fun watching these players mature uh, after a college offseason. They they kind of learn a little bit. You, you come in as a freshman, and, and, and you think you know, and then uh, you're just a sponge, and you're learning, and you get a college offseason under your belt. I, I, I'm i with you. I think he'll, he'll step up.
2: Jones looks like a guy that could be, he, I think he could give you somewhere around in the teens for home runs, it, it, even as a first-year starter. Like, he's got that kind of power and strength. If, if I was to say
0: this is just me I know you watch a lot more and, and, and I, your opinion you know has a lot more weight than, than mine but what if I was to say what I would say was our weakness of this baseball team last year was the bats and I think the bats have to be better if this team wants to win I know they they won the SEC championship regularly so you I'm, it's, it's nitpicking right. you know I'm not I'm not saying that they were you know like a, a C minus but if you want to win the national championship I think our bats have to be better
2: consistently good, right right yeah. and the other thing too and Dave was asked about this about the health of the team going into the off going into the the start of workouts tomorrow uh, which by the way two o'clock first pitch I plan to be there I'd like to actually do halftime there if I can get it set up um, they're healthy right now you know this Hunter Dietz who had a, a, a stress fracture in his throwing elbow he's he's throwing now he just won't be ready for the first couple weeks I think of the season maybe a little bit after that but outside of that they're healthy You know, Dave was asked about it. He smiled a little bit. He laughed about it a little bit. And he also said, yeah, but that's also before we even started practicing. And the health, I think, was a big reason why Arkansas, you know, had a little inconsistency with the bats. Josenberger going down with an injury, Wagner going down with an injury. And those were two of your better hitters of the season. Um, Need innings from your starting pitchers this year. I think that's one area where you can get some major improvement. Not just a matter that the starters have stuff, that they can be dominant.
4: sagging.
1: Cool. your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the
2: game starts. Brett, good to talk to you, man. Um, Hawaii, huh? And how long you been back?
4: Well, I've been back a few days. I wish I could have stayed, but luckily I missed the terrible weather week, which was uh, good. I got my 50th state. I got to enjoy a little bit of tropical weather and just kind of step away in the middle of uh, not a lot going on. So it worked out wonderfully.
2: What does one do to celebrate visiting 50 out of 50 states well you stop planning on winning. you you can get to
4: your next one it had been 14 years since i got to the great alaska shootout and got alaska so i felt like i i just waited too long to get to 50 when you're at 49 so i no longer have to think about it or plan it i guess i move on to countries now or more basketball arenas or football stadiums or something i guess
0: did you get uh what did you get some ahi tuna tacos what was the highlight of, of the trip
4: well, you know, I wanted to go to Pearl Harbor. I, I went over to the University of Hawaii, watched a basketball game, took in some baseball practice. I went to the Dole Pineapple Plantation. The nice. North Shore. So, I, You know, I enjoyed it. and I'll tell you what, Matt, they gave me a uh, little Beamer convertible, and I popped down the top and was just tooling around Hawaii at an 80-degree night one night, and I thought, you know what, this isn't too bad. I could kind of get used to this if I had to do this every year or so.
0: Uh, Br- Br- Usually it's the Mustang convertible. Brunch you know? he, he got up, the upgrade right there. It went yeah. up to 11. That.
2: Woo! Well done. Well done. And then you come back and you get to watch Arkansas basketball. Oh, right? my goodness. Have fun with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. What else could you say? We, it's, I, we've been lost for where I have been. You know, you try not to be so negative, and and because I, I I'm pulling for him, but it's a bad product. It, it's just that we we he missed, and, and the thing that hurts, I think, is was the expectations and all the pundits, all the all the who had, they Arkansas got one of the best portal classes ever, top five portal class. Oh my goodness, pick to go to the final four, and then we can't. We're we're bad on both ends of the court.
4: Yes, and I was just looking at some numbers on a tweet a couple of moments ago, Matt, about Arkansas's numbers in SEC games only as far as shooting percentage, uh, rebounding, points per game, which, which is at about 60. And, and then what the opponents are doing, and quite honestly, you look at those numbers, it's a wonder you've won one game <laughs> out of the SEC. The way the way they shake out because you're like, well, this this can't be. And, and you're 1,000% right. I think it was the expectations, and I bought into it. I was probably guilty of that Me as too. well. We watched this team. You know, we we watched what they've done in recent years, and we thought, man, if they could only shoot the ball better. And then we're looking at these guys coming in and think, well, they can shoot the ball better. And a Tramon Mark left a program that will probably be a one seed in Houston to come here and, you know, brings with him four years of experience. And these guys were three, four years into their college career rather than one year like Nick and, and Anthony and Jordan last year. Um, but, you know, it feels like the quandary we've gone through in recent weeks is as simple as we've seen this team get better in recent years even when they haven't started great in sec play and our eyes are telling us that it's not going to get any better but we we held on to that belief for a while and i think that kind of extended some of the pain because last night just wasn't right with injuries and whatnot it, it was going to go south early once we realized that mark wasn't going to play and brazil wasn't right and then more injuries occur and whatnot and i don't know what it would have look like with all of those guys healthy but Right now, this team is still searching at a time in recent years where they were finding a lot of answers.
2: I don't want to further the conversation too much here on the men's basketball team. We got a women's game tonight. I am assuming you are on the call. It's on uh, ESPN Plus. Um, and and the difference here between the men and the women is, must sometimes will play twelve or thirteen. There aren't thirteen players on the women's team right now uh, because of injuries. You know, and I I I don't think you are getting Talia Scott back. She just got back to practice sailor poppenbarger has been really limited because of her right leg and the shin um you know i wonder if they if if they might look to rest her soon because you know she she can only play 14 minutes against lsu and you need her in february so you know on 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 mike's side of things on on the women's side of, of basketball here you got a team that's they're playing hard brett but i don't know if they've got the woman power right now
4: no. You know, when you think about that TCU story, when they got down to four players and had to forfeit a couple of games that counted in league standings, it didn't count to their overall record. They were so short-handed. They actually got a few walk-ons and whatnot in one a game the other day. But it's just so hard to play with four, five, or six, or seven. And I just came from Kentucky shoot around two minutes before you guys called. And, you know, they're planning and preparing for Sailor and Talia, and I'm shaking my head like, eh, you know, I don't think either one is is going to be out there tonight, which is only going to make things harder. There's just no margin for error, and and it means foul trouble or injuries like the men's team suffered last night. It also means, you know, you have to do something. you got to make some shots. you got to get a break. you got to find one or make one, and it, it just really makes it tough because you go in almost feeling like you're in a, a
2: boxing match with one hand tied behind your back. All right, so baseball supposed to give us all, a, you know, <laughs> a respite from – it's been a a pretty rough few months uh, for the money making programs uh, at at the University of Arkansas. Uh, baseball, Dave had a had a presser today. I know you were, you were in on that. Listening, they start working out tomorrow two o'clock. Now, one of the things that I want to see this season is something that you just won't see very much early in the season. You know, you got great starting pitching, but I do wonder about. Hagen and Brady Tigert and their ability to utilize their stuff and their amazing talent for six to seven innings each time they go out. You know, that's the thing about Hagen Smith. Like he'll get drafted high no matter what, because as long as he's healthy, because his stuff is amazing. Same with Tigert. Can you do that for six innings? I think that this team needs that. They have bullpen depth, but they need the starters to go deeper. Molina, I think is the only one of the three, three weekend starters that we, that we know, we expect to be in there in the weekend that has done exactly that. He just did that at Texas tech.
4: I won't argue with you. I would say, Phil, I thought you were going in a different direction that you wanted to see these guys maybe go a little bit slower in the first month and build up rather than kind of be ready to throw more innings early. And baseball is such a weird schedule. It's unlike football where you play some of your weaker opponents first. And then you, you work at a conference because you know, they've got a weekend in Arlington where they're playing some top-tier teams, and that's the second weekend right out of the gates. And sometimes you feel like you, know, you want to put your best performance forward when there's scouts and there's people paying attention on television and listening on radio and whatnot, or there's 15,000 in Arlington and you want to give your best performance. But I'd be quite happy, and I don't know about you, just to get through that first couple of weeks with the three starters intact and not to have one go down because – this program, what they've accomplished while losing a big-time starter, has been amazing in recent years. And I feel like there's more depth and there's more young arms that are quality pitchers. We haven't seen them obviously yet, other than some false scrimmages and whatnot. But if you're you're right, if if these starters, if Brady's healthy and Hagen Smith and Molina is as good as advertised, and these guys are five, six, seven inning guys uh, by March, then this bullpen can provide some pieces. My goodness, the sky's the limit. Uh, you know, you hate to get too carried away. We just talked about the expectations we all kind of put on men's basketball. But didn't you feel like today, Phil, that, that Dave had kind of a quiet confidence talking about his team and there was a satisfaction level that there was more than a curiosity at this point?
2: Absolutely. I I think that's what he what he displayed. Um, and, and part of it is because they, you feel like you go you got known quantities as far as your starting pitchers are concerned. And I'm not sure if you had that feeling last year uh, to a point. Now, you, you might have misunderstood me a little. I, I don't expect, they're not going to go five, six innings to seven innings that first month. It's, it's once you get into the SEC that you got to be built up for that. That's what makes that first month so interesting, I think, for this team this year, is there will be a chance that first weekend, James Madison. And certainly that second weekend, you know, when you're playing Michigan and Oklahoma State and Oregon State. And then just after that, for some of the pitchers to, you know, the younger pitchers, some of the freshmen that we've talked about, uh, to kind of show that they're ready to get the ball, you know, in mid March when Mizzou comes into town, or when you go to Auburn for the first road series. But by then, it's only by then that I that I feel like you need to you need to trust that Hagen can give you six innings because that didn't happen very much last year. No,
4: you're right. And then, you, you you know, it only takes one starter not being able to give you a quality five, six, seven innings in an SEC weekend where it really sets you back. And there were times last year where it felt like, you know, you're down to like four or five people, and I call it the circle of trust. There aren't a whole lot of pitchers once you get deep in the year that are, that are outside that circle of trust that you're going to throw into key innings. But if you have a guy that can't get you into the fourth or fifth or has a rare day where he gets bumped early it just throws everything out of whack. And I, I think we felt like we got to that a couple of times, whether it was the Kevin Copps year or even last year. You get to the end, and whether it's a regional where you're having to play three or four games in a day, if there's one thing that throws you a little bit off that path as far as innings, it's really hard to find enough people to piece them together. And, and I'm really curious. That's why these, these freshmen that Dave talks about, whether it's Gackle or you know Dietz when he gets healthy, you know, can these guys be serious contributors to where – you could easily throw them in a midweek game and have no problems, or could you even pitch them in the sixth or seventh inning of a Sunday game in the SEC? And 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 I think, I, I think we're going to see a lot of these young guys. And and I think if they're as good as advertised, it's only going to make this team a more formidable opponent to really get deep this year, get to the College World Series, and who knows after that.
0: Brett, I, I loved last weekend watching the football uh, NFL playoffs. Is uh, it's right up my alley, and then you get one more dose. Uh, this AFC-NFC championship game before the Super Bowl. Uh, I I, I absolutely like these matchups. I think we're going to get some great theater. Now, the first two rounds, we've had one road team win each of the first two rounds. What do you think? Can any of these road teams win, or do you think chalk goes to the Super Bowl?
4: It's tough, but I guess I would take Detroit as a possibility of a road team winning, and only because I felt like Matt Green Bay should have won that game. Mm-hmm. I felt like they let it slip away, and whether it was a couple of throws Jordan Love made, Carlson had a aborted attempt on the field goal and just didn't look right from the get go. Uh, Dre Greenlaw was obviously a factor in that as well, causing a lot of havoc against the Packers. I'm going to ride the, the Lions, and and you know I'd probably get a couple of points if I was the guy that put a few bucks down on that. But uh, it, it just felt like maybe. Uh, the 49ers are playing on a weekend they shouldn't be. Um, but I'll say this about the Chiefs as well. They remind me again of, of the Houston Astros because that was a team that didn't have the same regular season as years past. And you think, well, they've taken a step back and they aren't as good. But you get them into the postseason, and there's that postseason confidence that, that they have that other teams don't. Clearly, Buffalo doesn't have it. And you still have to go out and slay the dragon. And I'll take probably Baltimore if I had to make a pick, but it wouldn't shock me, and I don't think it'd shock anybody if the Chiefs won. But uh, I'll take the Lions just to see if they might be able to, to finally get a win in that Iowa tight end battle, whether it's Kittle or Laporta, that can have a bigger game to help their team get a win.
2: Brett, you've done all 50 states. Now you got to do all the provinces in Canada and whatever. they I think it's called states in <laughs> Mexico, okay? That's your assignment.
4: <laughs> okay, I'll get, I'll get on it. I'll start planning my itinerary.
0: You're listening to the Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast
1: at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not
0: be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way
2: without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.